This sermon was delivered by Father Constantine Papademus on Sunday, March 15, 2020, at St. Catherine Greek Orthodox Church in Elk Grove, California. I think I may have told this story once before, but one of the most amazing things that ever happened to me in a church was one year when we went to Greece and um, with the Ionian village, and I was on staff there to, um, to help the children with confessions and with teaching about Orthodox life. And one of the trips that they, that they took on the, during this three-week um, summer camp in Greece was a trip to uh, the island of Kefalonia, Cephalonia. And on the island of Cephalonia is St. Gerasimus, uh, who was a monk who lived about, let's say, 500 years ago, maybe 700 years ago, anyway. And there, he lived on Cephalonia, and he lived in a cave that was, there was a hole in the ground, and a big cave down, straight down, and he climbed down a ladder, and he lived down there in that cave. So after he had passed away and everything, they realized that he was a saint because his body didn't dis- deteriorate. And what they did was they decided to build a church over that cave that he, would live, he was living in, and they put a permanent ladder that went down there, and you can go down into that cave and see where he lived. And a small church back in the 1800s, I think, or maybe even 1700s, they built around it. So one of the stops that we made, of course, was to go visit and venerate the relics of St. Gerasimus. And in the front of the church, kind of over here, by where the bishop's throne is, they had like a big case, like a, like a glass casket, and a lid in front that opened up. And there was a big line, line of people there waiting to go venerate and kiss his hand or his vestment or something like that just to venerate the saint because he was a very holy saint and, and, and people, especially on Cephalonia, love him so much. So when we got there, the doors were open, of course, and, uh, and uh, there was a line already formed. So we thought, the, my family and I, we said, okay, let's go get in line. And we got in line and went and venerated the, the relics, and we left. Next door now, maybe, maybe 50 years ago or 75 years ago, they built a new church next door that has beautiful icon, uh, icons painted on the walls and everything. And we went to go visit that. When we came back, I'll never forget, my daughter said, you know, Dad, I, had, I couldn't stick my head in there. I just couldn't do it. Can you help me? I, I just couldn't go in there, and, and I want to venerate the relics of St. Yerasmus, but I was kind of scared. I said, that's okay, sweetheart. We'll go together. And we went up to the door of the church, and standing outside the door was the priest that was in there. At one end of the, of the, of the reliquary there was a nun controlling the crowd. The other side was a priest reading prayers. So as we walked up to the side door there, I saw the priest, and I said, well, and he was smoking a cigarette and having a frappe, you know. In other words, he was on break. So I went up to him, and I said, gee, I saw it, and I said, well, that's kind of strange, but let's go inside anyway. And we went inside, and what they had done was they closed the lid of this reliquary for the break. They closed it. And you know, when we walked in, I saw it was closed, and I said, oh, well, what are we going to do now? But then I walked inside the church... And I start smelling like this. And I said, wow, what the, what, the heck, what, what, what church is this? I thought. It smells old and musty in here. It's just, wow. 
wow, this is not the same place I went before. It just smelled so old, just really old and musty and run down. I said, boy, that's strange. So I said, well, let's go outside. And I went outside and I asked the priest, you know, in between puffs, uh, how long the break was going to be. And he said, oh, just another five minutes. I said, okay. So we came back in five minutes. They had gone in and opened the lid of the reliquary and the, the line had started forming of people. And you know, I walked into that church and I'll never forget this for the rest of my life. It smelled beautiful in there. Just beautiful. Not so much that you could smell roses or anything like that, but it was just a very beautiful, pleasant fragrance. And I thought to myself, wow, just a couple of minutes ago I was in here and it smelled old and musty. And now it's, it's, it's fantastic. And I realized it's because they had opened the reliquary again and St. Yerashimus was there for everybody to come and venerate. I'll never forget that. Shocked me. That is, that is the power of holiness, the power of God to make all things new, and the power of one saint whose faith was so strong in Christ that even his body exuded some of this holiness after his death. Now, now, that brings us to our gospel lesson this morning. There was a paralyzed man who, who had heard that Jesus really could do some wonderful things for people, and he really wanted to get close to him. Because since he was paralyzed, he figured, well, he's healed other people. Let me see if I can get close to him. So he got four of his buddies to carry his stretcher, because he was paralyzed, over to the house where Jesus was. And went, just if I can get close to him, he'll heal me. And they couldn't get close. People around the door, crowd was huge. No way to get inside this house. So watch what happened next. It says it in the gospel, but you can imagine from what the gospel said, what happened next. There they are holding the stretcher. Trying to get in the door, nobody there. Next thing they did, they looked up. And they saw the roof, and they figured, let's go in through there. Now in, in those days, and in, in that area, the roofs mostly were just thatch roofs, like straw, you know, just made out of straw. So they climbed up on the roof and they pulled the straw apart and they let their friend down. And then after that, of course, he was healed and made uh, able to stand up and carry his, even his stretcher. That is important to notice. These four friends of the paralyzed man ran into some trouble. They couldn't get anywhere close to Jesus because the crowd was so big. There were obstacles in their way. So what's the first thing they did? They looked up. They looked up. They saw the roof and they figured, hey, let's go that way. Looked up. And that makes a big impression on me. Because when we find obstacles in our life, no matter what they are, they could be financial, they could be relationships, they could be all kinds of problems, problems at work, problems at school, any kind of obstacle. Our first impulse should be to look up. And then when we see up in the skies Christ reigning over everything, then we remember, you know what? There's a way through this in our own life. All we have to do is look up.
Um, um, I suppose today is Coronavirus Sunday. <laughs> I suppose that's what we have to call it. Because we are inundated by coronavirus, 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 coronavirus. And I understand that it, it's a very serious thing. I do. I was reading a, um, just recently that in 1957, the year I was born actually, 1957, there was um, what they called the Asian flu that went around the world. Two million people died from the Asian flu. 100,000 people died in the United States. Before that, in 1918 and 1919, was the Spanish flu. Killed a lot of people then, too. In 1957, they didn't stop schools. They didn't stop Broadway. They didn't stop this. And they just kept doing whatever they were doing. And 100,000 people in the United States died, which is a big number. Today, we've got better science. We've got better what they call epidemiology that can help us analyze all of these things. And they've come up with a plan to limit social interactions and to, to social, what do they call it? The new big thing is social distance, social distance. And those things are important. Those things are important. So we're going to try to see if we can get way less than 100,000 deaths from this flu, this virus this time. And I hope we will. But, but, I could have said, you know, it's a pretty serious thing. And I don't feel comfortable coming to church today and, not, and I just don't, I, I think we're just going to close church today. I could have done that. But I didn't want to. You know why? Because I looked up and I saw that Christ is in control of everything. And I remembered that one time I was in the church of St. Gerasimus on the island of Cephalonia. And I remembered how drastically different everything was just by having the holiness of that saint opened up with a door. I remembered that. And I said, well, you know what? I like that. I like the whole idea of God being in control of everything. I like how wonderful and sweet and beautiful God makes everything. And I want to be around that. I don't want to sit at home and watch CNN. I want to come where God is. So since there's so few of us today, I guarantee you that today you will not catch coronavirus. You will not. But we're going to change a few things just to make sure everything is safe for the next couple of weeks until the virus passes. And I'll explain those later too. But with me, the most important thing that, that there is is a sense that God is in control of everything, especially of my life. And all I have to do when things get a little bit testy or things get a little bit troublesome or scary, all I have to do is look up and Christ will be there for me and for us. Amen. Thank you for listening.